Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart Hello and welcome back to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body and soul with jet-lagged, duty-free film of an airport-bound <laughs> Tom Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. <laughs> and I'm your favorite food court custodian. I'm Luke Patrick. I'm the other idiot. Uh, hey, Sam. This? You sound different this week. Hello, Luke. I am from Krakosia. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that again? One more time. Krakosia. Krakosia. Okay. Well, hey, welcome to the podcast, new Sam. Uh, I don't know if this is an improvement or not, but uh, welcome to you. I have can of beans. Okay. Shit, the peanuts. <laughs> it's can of peanuts. Yeah, they're definitely planters peanuts, and I want to talk about that uh, later on in the podcast. But uh, yeah, I can't even get your story straight. I'm a little suspicious of you. Uh, man from Krakosia. Yes, well, this week we watched... Okay, I can't. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, this week we watched 2004's The Terminal, if it wasn't readily apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke, how was your watch? Man, my watch was fucking breezy this week. Uh, nothing Good. Nothing exciting happened. I just like finished up work on a really positive note, and then... Plopped mm-hmm. down on the couch. Did have to rent this one. I'm now upset anytime I can't stream something for free. Yep. Uh, but outside of that, had a lovely time spending two hours, two non-consequential, just low-stakes hours with our mm-hmm. boy Tom Hanks doing not a whole lot inside of a terminal. It was peak Hanksy-Panksy, if I may say so myself. Ooh. Yeah, it was, it was a pleasant time, mm-hmm. I got to tell you. Yeah, how was your watch, my guy? So, it was pretty good. Um, uh, It's very cold here in Arkansas. We were just sort of dealing with the aftermath of an ice storm. So, it's very cold. I was uh, cuddled up on the couch with uh, not one, not two, not three, but four blankets. Ooh. <laughs> uh, had, a, had a nice dinner of leftover pizza and some chips and an apple. And Luke, I found myself kind of hungry. After that, yeah, and uh, and so this movie, uh, not not to sort of spoil the plot here too much, 
Um, does feature Tom making himself a sandwich of crackers and condiments. <laughs> Tell me you didn't do this, Sam. Oh, I did. Oh, my God. It's horrible. It's just like two saltines and some mustard is what he's created. Uh, no, Luke, you would be incorrect. It is three saltines, uh, and it is as follows. Saltine, ketchup, saltine, mayo, saltine, mustard and ketchup oh my god it's horrible and you did this you did this to your human meat sack yes so so uh kind of after the scene where uh one of these sandwiches is knocked out of tom's hands i decided hey i'm still hungry and we've got some crackers mm-hmm. i might as well now luke we didn't have saltines we only had whole wheat ritz crackers mm. but I did do this anyway, and I made one sandwich, and I got I brought two extra crackers as palate cleansers because I assumed <laughs> that this would be just wretched. Yeah, well, well assumed, I I think. But continue, please. Hey, Luke. Mm-hmm. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. What are you fucking talking about right now, my man? Luke, it's an excellent little sandwich. I gotta tell you, I was... My fucking mind was blown. It's so goddamn good. It's sweet. It's salty. It's vinegary. It's tangy. It's... It's... Oh, it's got... Oh, it's so good. From the Ritz cracker, it's just kind of buttery. Whoa. Luke, it's... It's really good. Holy shit. I mean, what you've essentially just described is a perfect burger. Like, a little bit of vinegar... You know, salty, sweet, savory, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. for fucking yes. Ritz crackers in a loose assortment of condiments in the grossest way yeah. possible. Holy shit, you're blowing my mind right now, buddy. I uh, seriously, I like could not stop going on about how good it was. <laughs> McKenna thought I'd lost my fucking mind. Hey, she's not alone in that one now, is she? Yeah, she actively discouraged me from doing this, and I said, no, I really think I should. Yeah. And she said, Sam, why are you doing this? And I said, and I'll quote, I think it'll be good audio. <laughs> and this is, <laughs> folks, this is what I'm doing to myself so that you can be entertained. Yeah. Uh, I like that you've but, essentially but also, done the like podcast version of Do It For The Vine. I appreciate this mm-hmm. level of dedication that you're bringing. Yeah, but also, like, I heartily recommend this. Like, I wouldn't eat it as the the only part of your meal. Yeah. But if, like, if you eat a meal and you find yourself just a, just a bit peckish after, mm-hmm. do, do consider this because it's, it's exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> man a real plot twist a real m night Shyamalan style plot twist on that one i expected you to uh, be in the hospital with how disgusting this thing was but you've blown this thing wide open and we never would have known that see i saw those scenes and thought fuck that looks disgusting and we, ne- we never would have known the right? truth if you hadn't busted this can yeah. of peanuts open yeah i i thought the exact same thing i was like oh that's the grossest fucking thing i've ever seen mm-hmm. and then i bit into it and i said it dare i say it this may be one of the better things i've put in my mouth <laughs> who'd have fucking thought yeah it's it's some wild shit so that may have been the highlight of my watch everything else was pretty plain jane stuff um yeah but 
But that lol sandwich, that blew me away. Yeah. Hey, that's good to hear. And I hear you on the rest of it. This movie is good. It's good. It's fine. It doesn't deliver. Yeah. You know, like earth shattering moments or anything. Uh, you get to see a guy stop a plane with a mop. I think that's about yes. it uh, as far as mm-hmm. like mega adventure goes. But like, it's good. So I'm super glad to hear that you've like peppered in a firecracker in the middle of your watch here, so to speak. Oh, I think the movie benefited from it too. Mm, yeah, that full method reviewing right there is what you what you did, mm-hmm. and uh, I appreciate the Ex- effort that you went to. You're you're very welcome. And Luke, I think that means it's time to tweet to Tom. Hmm. Let's do it. And uh, what we've got here today is, hey Tom Hanks, why don't you stop at our duty free shop and record an episode of our podcast while you wait to go back to Krakosia? Hashtag wait for us, Tom. I love it. See, it's not often that we craft a genuinely good tweet <laughs> on this show. I dare I say. I would say rare. Yeah, I dare say we did it this week. This one is A+. plus. It's got a message. It's topical. It's not threatening or overtly sexual, which is... <laughs> It took us it took us a while, Luke. Yeah. But I think we did it. It took us thirty-two episodes, I think is what we're on. Uh yes. But we have we have finally crafted a, a well-tuned tweet. So is that one out in the ether? Oh, it's out there. Oh. And hopefully uh Tom will finally see this one and go, Hey, there's one that's not scary. <laughs> I'm so proud of us for reining in the the sort of intimidating tone that we've taken and or sexually intimidating tone that we've taken with our tweets in the last uh, couple dozen episodes. I think it shows some real growth on our part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, before we get to masturbatory, Luke, why don't you give us a plot? Yeah. So to give you Luke Patrick's patented three X structure, your money back guarantee, something we have not done in a while. Uh, in a minute. Yeah. I feel like this movie actually kind of deserves it. So, uh, act one, we are introduced to Tom Hanks' character, whose name I do not remember, which is embarrassing, because I just watched this movie. Sam, do you have his name? It is Viktor Navorsky. Viktor Navorsky. Is a man from Krakosia, which is an Eastern Bloc country somewhere. Uh, I don't believe it's a real country, so if it is, and you're from there, then uh, I sincerely apologize. But I, if, actually, you know what? Given that I don't think it's real, if you are from there, please tweet at me. Uh, that would be yeah. fascinating. Do let us know if this country is real. Mm-hmm. And you live there. And what it's like. Uh, and whether or not you eat these disgusting sandwiches that turn out to be uh, incredibly delicious. Anyway. Oh, so fucking good. Yes. I want another. So act one, uh, we're introduced to Tom Hanks' character who has just arrived in New York City and his country no longer exists because of a coup. And so it's set up where Stanley Tucci is sort of the head of the police, I guess. Uh, uh, customs and Border Protection. Customs and Border Protection is the head of them uh, and tells him that he he's, he's unacceptable. He essentially cannot leave, nor can he return home because he has no country to return home to, nor does he have a passport or anything else. Setting up the premise of the movie, which is that Tom Hanks is a character stuck in the terminal. That's the name of the movie. For the duration of the movie. Uh, so I think he's in there for like nine months or something like that. Um, yeah. So we get all that exposition in Act 1 where he's kind of figuring out that he can't leave and how to exist in the terminal. Act 2, he's making some friends. Uh, He meets a woman 
and begins to sort of fall in love with her or be interested in her and they keep running into each other uh, culminating with an act two ending where uh, they have sort of a miniature fight in the romantic sense uh, she runs away a little bit and it's revealed that the war in Krakosia is now over uh, leading into act three so Tom Hanks now has the option to return home and he's basically forced to do so by Stanley Tucci except at the end he decides not to he does go out into New York City and gets what he came for which is the signature of a jazz musician uh, to complete the collection that his father started back in Krakosia and then he decides to go back home so again not like end-to-end spills and thrills this movie you're not going to be sitting on the edge of your seat but it's a nice pleasant two hours that you could easily spend if you're just looking for a good time yeah i would i would call it almost heartwarming yeah i'd say that's fair it's getting very close uh it does meander a little bit, but Sam, that's kind of where we're now edging straight up uh, into the full entire review category here. So what what do you think of this movie? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It's fine. I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I it's telling that the best part of the movie for me was when I ate a sandwich of... <laughs> crackers and condiments yeah um yeah that's fair and look it was it was a remarkably good sandwich folks but uh but it also d- is sort of damning with faint praise like the the mm. movie's fine i mean like it's it's sweet in places um tom i'll say actually does a pretty good job i thought his performance was good and this is mm-hmm. literally the best accent work we've seen from him Oh, it's so good, which makes you wonder about the rest of his accent work. Is this the only one that he has sort of tucked away in his back pocket as, like, Eastern Bloc accent? It, I mean, it would have to be. I find it an easier accent to do. Um, mm-hmm. So so maybe Tom and I are sort of uh, bedfellows that way. <laughs> hey, man, got to keep the tone correct. We, we don't want to scare him off after that well well-defined tweet. We oh gotta, uh, right! Keep I'm it clean. S- I'm sorry. Uh, it's not like we're lovers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is an astoundingly good accent, uh, mm-hmm. or at least parody of an accent. Maybe it's it's tasteful. It's it's doing well uh, throughout this movie. You know, I did really really enjoy the beginning of this movie, and I am I would love to tell you why. Yeah, please do. It's, it's because they're so fucking mean to this guy who doesn't speak English. I just love his entire journey, but he shows up. So in the beginning of this movie, we really see him progress from dude who shows up, does not know English, and then there's some people, including the Tooch, Stanley Tucci, that are just so fucking mean to him and don't seem to yeah. get what a language barrier is. Yeah, hey, let's can we talk about the Tooch for a minute? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the Tooch. As near as I can tell, Stanley Tucci's character in this movie got into working at Customs and Border Patrol be- specifically because he hates immigrants. <laughs> yeah, and just does the classic American, or uh, English too, I guess, but the classic English-speaking thing of just continuing to talk in loud English at people who do not understand it 
just sort of hoping that the message will eventually, you know, penetrate their skull. Yeah, and um, it's and it's not even like simplified English either. He's, no, no, no. They're, they're complicating things. They have complex jargon. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like, no, you see, Mister Navorsky, uh, you can't come into the country because our our State Department does not diplomatically acknowledge the the existence of your home country. <laughs> And then he's like, cool, I'm going to go to New York. And then Stanley Tucci goes, no, Mr. Navorsky, you do not understand. Our State Department does not recognize the sovereignty of your home nation. It's like, God damn it, yeah. Stanley Tucci. Yeah, that is almost verbatim. I mean, pulled off the top of your head, that's pretty much what he says to him. <laughs> and it's... I just enjoyed it so much because Tom Hanks really did deliver this role, like you were saying, and just to watch him do that. So to go through that experience and then day one, night one, dude is in the, the terminal fucking shit up. He like takes a yeah. bunch of uh, chairs apart and <laughs> makes a bed, which like if I saw someone do that in real life, they'd be my new goddamn hero. Yeah. Just like tearing apart the place. Fuck yeah. Treat this fucking airport like it deserves because it's a fucking toilet. Like, mm-hmm. Don't show this place any respect. It's fucking JFK. <laughs> Coming in with the hot takes uh, on this one. But yeah, like just the entire beginning of this movie really, really tickled me from the Tooch and Associates being so mean. And then Tom Hanks, <laughs> apparently, I mean, the guy's so smart. He picks up English. By, you know, translating these travel guides yeah. and like watching TV, watching Larry King. That's a new one. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's fucking brilliant. And then he mm-hmm. just sort of like is kind of a master craftsman and lucks into mm-hmm. a job as like a contractor because the like head contractors are too scared of him to, to like they're just intimidated by him. And so they just let him do what he does and he gets paid more than I fucking do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he never has to leave his job site either. He just lives and works and yeah. uh, eats in the same place, doesn't he? Yeah, it's it is pretty buck wild. And and again, this whole time he does, he's a pretty benign presence in what is otherwise just a real toilet of a place that JFK is. I mean, look, mm-hmm. look, Luke. I mean, of the New York airports, sure, it's better than LaGuardia, but so is being stabbed in the face. <laughs> so so yeah if i had to choose between laguardia or jfk sure i'll pick jfk every time but jesus yeah um but yeah he tom's a pretty benign presence and stanley tucci still actively wants him to die <laughs> <laughs> yeah up until the very end of this movie even like he so krakosia becomes a real country again when the war is over he's fully legally able to just walk out the door and go to new york and for some reason the tooch is like i will kill all of your friends (laughs) exactly you will never step outside these doors i will fuck you up and then he does it anyway because he should like he's legally allowed to well and and it's like because i didn't remember every detail of the movie i thought maybe uh, Stanley Tucci's deeply horrific treatment of Tom in front of Tucci's uh, superiors when they came to like inspect this fucking miserable airport. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought that 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 had cost him his promotion because it was kind of hinted that it was. 
Yeah. Um, and then he was like, no, I am getting promoted. And so it's like, what the fuck do you have against Tom? Hey, that's a good point about this movie, in fact, which is that, you know what? Stakes are pretty low all across the board, even including Tucci's oh, possible yeah. promotion, uh, which does kind of create a, you know, pretty low risk, nice, chill two hours. Uh, but I definitely think that's that's something that this movie suffers from is a little bit of a lack of uh, lack of stakes, because when you think about it, the worst that happens to Tom is that he continues to just work as a contractor. Right. And stay in the terminal yeah. uh, and eat Burger King, which is not the worst way to live. No. Um, also, I, while we're talking about Stanley, I I don't think he's okay. Because at mm. the end of the movie, he does open a drawer in his desk and it is full of pills. Yes. And like antacids and health supplements mm-hmm. and just like it's 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 like a Whole Foods barfed in there. And then a pharmacy came by and then added its own flavor into the mix. Luke, it's it's like an unconscionable amount of medicine. Like, mm-hmm. uh, do you remember uh, Meg Ryan's seemingly terminal uh, fiance in Sleepless in Seattle? <laughs> yeah, with uh, his 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 bedtime routine continued to grow. So by the end of the movie, he had like a dehumidifier and a million mm-hmm. pills and a bunch of pillows and uh yeah yeah i remember that yeah stanley tucci's drawer made that guy seem healthy yeah it made him look like a, like a normal non-hypochondrical individual for sure yeah yeah um it it's just what's going on with stanley i don't know man the tucci has got something happening maybe maybe the home life isn't great i don't know what's maybe. up with the tucci in this one it's kind of a weird flavor for the tooch because usually he's playing these like in control but pretty rootable for kind of guys uh-huh. uh this time out not so much not so much for the tooch yeah just a guy who hates immigrants in this one mm-hmm. hey uh i did want to mention really quick that this movie is the king of product placement and would you like to hear every single brand that's mentioned in this movie luke i am so horny for that <laughs> you say that i'm not kidding this thing is is fucking off the charts so are you ready uh yeah come on hit me with okay. it i'm gonna try to do it all in one breath starbucks planters borders heinz burger king Payless shoes sabaro panda express baja fresh baskin robbins and auntie annie's yoshinoya verizon brookstone la perla swatch discovery paul mitchell broadway united hugo boss dairy daily grill Krispy cream i am fucking a gog <laughs> this is all in one movie often in in several shots that are adjacent to each other it's just like wham bam product placement man jesus christ also i'm mm-hmm. hey you went pretty fast did you count united in the ramada inn i did not get the ramada inn but i did get united okay. shit sam i missed i missed one i'm hey i'm sorry um <laughs> Good lord. I mean, it's an accurate representation of of an airport, but Jesus Christ, Steven Spielberg. And it makes you wonder because Borders features a lot in this movie, Mm -hmm. so it makes you wonder if they paid a little extra because there's a scene where the officials, the Tooch crew, 
are like standing in borders yes. like plotting things like fucking mall cops yeah i found that borders like their sign featured like very prominently in a lot of shots and it does feel like maybe maybe the ceo of borders like stephen t books uh, did sort of <laughs> slip Steven Spielberg some extra money and was like, please yeah. help us out. Books a million is really killing us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so not a great, not a great reference in 2020 that borders uh, no. but at the time, you know, definitely pretty up there, but yeah, that's every single one of them, man. It's just, it is pretty subtle. Like it's not up in your face about it, but there's just, Oh yeah. It's a fucking capitalist bonanza up in this movie. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I, I have a question about Tom. Mm-hmm. In this movie, how does he wash his clothes? Ooh, hey, that's a well. Okay, so let's let's walk it back because we know that he washes himself we by know, sort of yeah. uh, going ass over tea kettle into a sink in the airport, which is very JFK. It is. I feel like. Uh, I mean, <laughs> look, do, hey, Luke. Do you know the difference between JFK and LaGuardia? Uh, I do not, Sam, but I have a feeling you're going to tell me. Okay. At JFK, you wash your armpits in the sink. At LaGuardia, you wash your balls. (laughs) That's right there on the sign, folks. I mean, as you're entering the airport. (laughs) That's just what it says. I did notice, though, that in that scene... Tom is just washing kind of his top half. And I realized that the movie can't really show Tom Mm. scrubbing his taint in the sink of a public bathroom. But at the same time, (laughs) I did find myself wondering, does he just have a real nasty grundle? Yeah. I mean, I think we can safely assume that the grundle gets what's coming to it uh, (laughs) as soon as the camera pans away. But for, like you said, obvious reasons, we, we couldn't get those shots up in the Steven Spielberg flick, Sam. <laughs> but how does he wash his clothes? Yeah, how does he wash his clothes? So, <laughs> I think it borders, is my honest-to-God <laughs> answer, with how much borders <laughs> tracks in this movie. Maybe they've got some mechanism, or uh, he's discovered a unique book approach to washing clothes, uh, and borders just, you know... I mean, hey, when they go all in on product placement in a movie, they go all in, my friend. Yeah, you know, borders, fine purveyors of books and laundromat. Mm-hmm. And then you have something to fucking read while you're sitting sure. there waiting on your clothes. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. I'm not entirely sure how he managed that, uh, but I'm, I'm going to guess borders. You know, I think th- I think that's a fair guess. Um, Luke, can I ask you a couple questions that are wholly unrelated uh, to this to- movie and Tom Hanks? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, over over the past uh, couple days, um, I've been look, folks. I've been home a lot, and uh, and Kenna Kenna had to come up with a question for for work, and she asked me, and I suggested that the question could be, what animal looks like it would taste the best (laughs) okay interesting and now so you're hard pivoting away from the movie to talk about this thing i am luke this is Mm. honestly this question's been weighing on me pretty heavily 
And yeah. uh, I just I, this and a sort of a follow up question. Okay. Um, uh, they've been weighing on me pretty heavily, and uh, and I just need your input on it. Yeah, I, I just want to paint the scene real quick. So we're walking around the zoo. We're having a great day. I've got a mm-hmm. balloon. You've got some Dippin' Dots. And then you yeah. turn to me very slyly <laughs> and just say, hey, which one of these bad boys do you think looks the most tasty? Yes. And and it okay. is, it's very important that it's that they look like they would taste the best. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, for me personally... I would love to just tuck into a puffin. I just feel like you roast those bad boys. Oh, shit. Yeah, get a nice glaze going, get that crispy skin. I feel like a puffin would be just like a cake on two legs. Oh, my God. You are so fucking right. Puffins look Mm. very edible. Plus, the name is great. Like, what are we having tonight? Oh, we're having air fried puffin. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Just give me 10 of those guys, zookeeper. Fuck, Luke. That's good. That's mm-hmm. fucking good. <laughs> um, so okay, excellent answer. Uh, I'm I'm very happy that you had that one. Yeah. Um, one of the answers Kenna got was zebra, and Luke, my initial response is was, yeah, they do look like they would have a fruit filling, and so I need to ask <laughs> you. <laughs> ignoring <laughs> ignoring the fact that you know that zebras don't have a fruit filling do zebras look like they would have a fruit filling <laughs> i think i've been conditioned by zebra cakes too much i would actually expect sort of like a cream filling like if you sawed one in half it would just be like a like a nice pudding pudding interior on one of those bad boys uh but you know what to answer your question yes sam Yes, I do think they would be full of a nice a, a nice fruit spread of some kind. I don't know what it is, but I'm really convinced that they they look like they have jam in them. Yeah. And, I mean they they really do. And I seem to be alone in this. Uh Mm-mm. because I've asked uh my my coworkers, which I do think was alarming for them, and uh and all our <laughs> friends um and everyone I have asked thus far, except for you, Luke, has treated me like I'm an escaped mental patient. I just don't think they're playing in this space, because I'm with you. I mean, just fucking look at them. Just look yeah. at a zebra the next time you're out looking at zebras. And they do super look like they'd be a nice big jelly donut. Like the interior is yeah. going to have a fucking, real scrumptious morsel. Fucking exactly look like, come on, people, expand your fucking minds for a second. Okay, mm-hmm. just just ignore the bounds of this fucking world for a second and look at a zebra <laughs> and think, hmm, I, w- I bet that's got some jam in it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Hey, this is not funny, but it, it is mind blowing. Did you know a zebra is just a horse? It's just a horse. Well, yeah, well, see, that's the difference, is that we've got horses, and then if mm-hmm. you fill a horse with jam, it becomes <laughs> yeah. a zebra. <laughs> yeah, if you just paint a horse and then fill them full of nice fruit spread, mm-hmm. uh, that's when you get a zebra. I'm with you. I'm tracking. This makes perfect sense to me. Although, Sam, this is not related to the movie it's at not. all. Look, again, it's been weighing on me pretty heavily. And I just had to get it on on the podcast so that somewhere 
uh, I could be documented proving once and for all that zebras do do look like they would have a fruit filling. And again, yeah. just as some evidence here, if they didn't look like they had a fruit filling, why would they be used as the fucking mascot for the fruit striped gum? Anyway, back to Tom. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you have any uh, quick fire thoughts for me about this movie? Hey, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a, there's a plot point where they play cards for Cher's underwear in this movie. Yeah, which is leading to my question that I'm scared to ask, which is, what do you think anybody would want with Cher's underwear? Oh, Luke, I don't think it's good. There's, yeah, it, there's no answer that isn't jerking off with them. Yeah, see, that's where I didn't want to go. Um, but now well, that we're I'm here, I'm gonna pull the ripcord. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and let's. Hey, uh, let's uh, let's get right the fuck away from that and uh, talk about how there's a character who stabbed a cop in this movie. <laughs> in the fucking seventies, a guy who stabbed a cop and then has been on the run internationally in yeah, his fucking scrubbing shit. floors. Yeah, and he's just like, no, I didn't kill him. Uh, yeah. I'm, I missed his heart. Yes, like, yes, yes, holy yes. shit, this guy's fucking hardcore. Yeah, this is the same janitor who later stops a plane with his mop, and uh, it's pretty fucking crazy. And then he gets SWAT teamed, and they're going to drag his ass back to India. Uh, it's He's the most hardcore person in this entire film, and it does make me reconsider pretty much anybody in the janitorial service a fine institution mm-hmm. uh, but now i mean i'm not gonna fuck with anybody i don't oh, think no no uh any any sort of uh day laborer you see now at an airport could feasibly some be someone who in the 1970s mm-hmm. stabbed a cop near the heart and has been on the run since then yeah, hey, for good reason. He did stab him for good reasons. He was basically extorting, uh, running a racket on him. But yeah, that's probably a good thing to note that it's not just this guy like fucking hates cops or something. <laughs> it was it was a dirty cop that he stabbed. Yeah, so. but even then, the the reaction to it was pretty 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 extreme. Yeah, for sure. the story he tells is pretty buck wild because he's like, well, I had a family and uh, this cop came into my house and was like, I'm going to extort you. And he said, OK, so he paid him. And then the next day, the guy, was, the cop came back and was like, I'm going to continue extorting you. And so yeah. I stabbed him. And it's like, yeah. wait, hold on. Not even three strikes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got to nip that stuff in the bud. You just got to get right in there. Yeah, strike one, um, strike two, stab. Yeah. Hey, Catherine Zeta-Jones reads a Napoleon book in this movie, and I have also read this Napoleon book, which did lead to me screaming at the TV um, because she says the wonderful phrase, you know, he mo- he went to St. Helena and nobody knows what happened to him, at which point I screamed, he died <laughs> at the television. <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean, d- you know... She mentions that he had a ton of poison, and then he was fine. Mm-hmm. Which is you know. not what happened in <laughs> in any sense. In any, did you read the book? That's the whole point: is that you supposedly read the book. Oh my god, I lost my shit a little I, bit too hard over this twelve hundred page Napoleon book that I did slog through. 
Luke, I mean, I think we're both allowed that. I I once got angry at a movie because it had the wrong plane flown by the RAF. We've all been there. <laughs> um, but I I am curious because it why why would they choose to get that wrong? It does. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a real puzzler. Hey, we get some of that old physical comedy Tom in this. Oh yeah, when's when's that happening? Uh, when he is trying to fall asleep on the old benches, um, before he takes them apart and starts rat fucking mm. this this terminal lot as well he should. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're saying like when the the plane throws a spotlight on him and he holds his hands up and says, yes. "Don't shoot." Yes, yeah, that was exactly. pretty good. That was a good gag. Yeah, I just I thought this was like almost like a best of for Tom Hanks. Mm. Yes, you know what? That's exactly why it felt so Hanksy Panksy. You've just hit it on the head. This is just like the distilled essence of everything we've seen from Tom up to this point in one single movie, down to the utterly sexless and not that romantic romance plot line between yep. him and Catherine Zeta Catherine Zeta Jones. Uh yeah leading like at the end of this movie i kind of left it out in the plot summary but like they have sort of a fling and then at the end she's just like i'm gonna go be with this other guy i've been with for seven years and he's like okay that's it god if that isn't tom hanks he's like super chill with it and Mm -hmm. folks if you want to have sort of the same experience that luke and i have had but without spending the i at this point at least two days Mm-hmm. Uh, worth of watching this movie in two hours you could basically get it yeah you got it in one just watch the terminal man down to the weird accent work uh mm-hmm. probably his best accent work but still some strange accent work the physical comedy the weird romance that's like utterly devoid of passion yep oh, it's all there folks you're blowing my goddamn mind sam that is 100 percent what this movie is it's it's you know, it's pretty good, and it's got the tooch in it. And it's got the tooch. An angry tooch. You got to keep An your hands away. An angry tooch. Don't touch the tooch. <laughs> that's, I assume that's what it says on his uh, kitchen apron. <laughs> yeah, he's got two. One says, kiss kiss the chef. The other one says, don't touch the tooch. <laughs> uh, Luke, do you have any other uh, uh, thoughts? You know, not really. We've we've hit the highlights. Uh, other than we do miss Tom peeing in this one, but we do get him pooping in this one. So I don't know what the fuck that means. Oh, actually, on that note, I do want to just call out one thing that I did adore about this movie. Mm-hmm. And that was the, I believe, two times that Tom just does this very innocent, very peppy, opa, uh, sound. <laughs> and I just, both times it just filled me with glee yeah i did make a note of that as well it's just fucking perfect again there's some nice little heartwarming moments if if you're looking for the the greatest hits of tom hanks in a single movie guys this is fucking it it really is uh because i my favorite again is stanley tucci walks into the holding cell where tom hanks is and he's calling for tom and then you just hear opa and and Tom <laughs> pops his head out uh, from the little like divider where he is taking a shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get a nice Opa there in the middle of uh, what I assume is his contractually obligated bowel movement yep. on, on screen. Yeah, it's it's a real beauty, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Luke, on that note, um, I have all these meal vouchers that uh, have almost gotten thrown away at the airport. Uh, would you like to come with me to the Hanks Bank to figure out what I do with them? Yeah, let's find the internal branch. Let's go. Luke, I need you to evade U.S. Customs and sneak into the United States. It's time to come with me to the Conspiracy Corner. Fuck yes, dude. I'm so excited for this one because I feel like I feel like there's going to be some juicy-ass morsels for us to consume this week. Oh, Luke, we've, we've got something today, and it's frankly a little bit of a throwback. Mm. Um, so, Luke, where is Krakosia? So I would assume it's near Albania somewhere because at the very end he gets into a taxi cab and he's like, I'm from Krakosia. And the other guy's like, oh, I'm Albanian in the same way that I'd be like, oh, you're from Utah. Okay, we're like pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. Luke, that's a pretty good theory. Um, But I I regret to inform you that that you are in fact wrong because Krakosia doesn't exist. Oh, right. You got me. Oh, you got me. Krakosia is a nation state that Tom Hanks manufactured. Mmm. Mmm. Okay. Is like a deep cover? Where's this going? Yes. Because mm. uh he he used the the falsehood of Krakosia to infiltrate the United States. And Luke, do you know why he's doing this? Is it is it on behalf of Israel's Mossad? Luke, you fucking nailed it. <laughs> there, there's a character in the movie who initially does not trust Tom Hanks because he thinks he's CIA. Because he says, yes. why else would he be here? Why else would he be talking to everyone and learning everything about this place? And that guy was so fucking close. He was so goddamn close. But he was wrong. It wasn't the CIA. It was Israel's Mossad. Hot. Damn, dude, this is a deep-ass operation. He's fucking faked a country to get to this a, point. He's faked a country and faked a coup in that country. Mm-hmm. It was all over the news. Yeah. This is, this is some, like, deep fake shit. Hey, this is shit that only Israel's Mossad can pull off. Mm, true. We're seeing a level of resources here that's pretty inspiring. Mm-hmm. And so, here, here's the deal. Uh, last we left off, um, Israel's Mossad had been discovered uh, spying on the United States uh, with, with agents. And so Tom had to go into deep cover. And what mm-hmm. deeper cover is there than to leave the United States, fake a different country, come mm-hmm. into the United States as an immigrant, well, not even an immigrant, but a, a, a citizen of that country that then dissolves due to a civil war. So then he has to stay in the United States as as sort of a no man's land kind mm-hmm. of situation and then he sneaks into the united states without any fucking paperwork <laughs> yeah which makes you think that krakosia this made-up company or excuse me this made-up country 
has some sort of like visa arrangement with the United States, which is just, again, another level of uh, mm-hmm. deep faking cover here. Yeah. Yeah. It's buck fucking wild. And here's the thing. Uh, Tom never says what his job is in this movie, but he displays a wild amount of uh, varied skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a master craftsman. He learns uh, English uh, pretty quickly and a a mastery of English that allows him to read a pretty dense book about Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he befriends people. He gets access to the back areas of a fucking uh, international airport in New York City post 9-11. Yeah, it's important to remember this movie did come out after that. This is, man, you're blowing my goddamn mind right now. Yeah, and uh, and here's the thing. Luke, at the end of this movie, Tom doesn't leave New York City. Oh, we never see him do it. That's he completely ju- fair. He just gets in a taxi cab and says, I'm going home. Mm, maybe to upstate New York, maybe to some old favorite Israeli uh, spying locations. Yeah, maybe some old missile test sites. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back to the drawing board for some of these original plans uh, a couple decades later. Holy it's, shit, dude. Exactly. And here's here's the other thing. I don't think Tom was lying about initially coming to the United States uh, to get the signature signature of this uh, famous jazz musician, mm-hmm. because I think that over his lifetime, because he claims it was his dead father, but we all know that Tom has been alive for very long. Yes, yes, yes. He's essentially immortal. We have yes. kind of established. Tom Hanks has been establishing a spy network in the United States through the jazz scene. Mm, through those late night clubs you love to see it yeah yeah and so that's what he's doing is making context and cementing another node in this tangled web of Mossad informants Mm. hey this makes a disturbing amount of sense and uh, (laughs) as you know as the same as last week uh, has kind of imbued this movie with a lot more purpose than it had before You've really upped the stakes on this one, and uh, I'm loving it. Oh, I'm I'm glad to hear it. I have one more point. Mm-hmm. Lest you believe that this individual, Victor Navorsky, is not Tom Hanks and also every other character that Tom Hanks has played, mm-hmm. there is a scene where Tom is speaking with Catherine Zeta-Jones, and she mentions something about her sex life. And Tom instinctively goes, no, 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 no. And folks, that is because, as he always has and always will, Tom Hanks is repulsed by human sex because he is a scaly and only wants to fuck fish. Oh, man, I'm loving this callback to the classic knowledge the uh the stuff we uncovered about tom way back in the the splash pilot oh, oh yeah. my god sam those halcyon days uh so yeah i mean that's that's where we're at right now 
Uh, so, so here's Tom Hanks operating with the Mossad once again in post 9-11 the United States, uh, heading home. And home. what he'll what he'll do when he gets home, we there's no way to tell. But folks, my eyes are peeled. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, with the the upcoming movies to figure out where home was and what exactly he was hoping to do. But um, my God, dude, this one, this was a tasty-ass conspiracy corner. Oh, yeah. I, I brought some... Hey, it's about as tasty as that cracker sandwich. <laughs> as tasty as some Ritz with some random condiments, folks. Uh, oh, I can fuck. certify it. It indeed was. Uh, well, Yeah, so... Uh, that's that's the conspiracy corner this week. Nice. Well, if you're if you're done uh, sort of uncovering the real truth about Tom Hanks, uh, I do have another classic bit for you this week. I've got a Hank your moneymaker if you'd like that, Sam. Fuck yes. Mm. Famously, you are I think five and six for five of five of six on uh, losing these, and so for the folks yeah. at home. If you've missed it, Hank Your Money Maker is a game where I pitch three different business ventures to Sam, one of which is a real business venture perpetrated by Hank's or Hank's family, and then the other two are utter falsehoods. Uh, and Sam has been very bad at this game until the last time we played it. So, Sam, are you how are you feeling going into this one? Well, you know, uh, last uh, last time we, we came to Hank Your Money Maker, I, I had a good win. Uh, mm-hmm. Sort of cleansed my palate of failure, and Luke, I am I am refreshed and horny and ready to go. All right. Well, I won't keep you from it then. This is Hank Your Moneymaker Cast Edition. So we've got three Ooh. different business ventures from Tom Hanks and people also cast in this movie, and Ooh. here they are. So in 1999, Tom Hanks released a signature royal-branded typewriter reminiscent of models carried by wartime correspondents during the Korean War. The typewriter was released as a limited series with only 50 in existence. That's number one. Number two. In 2020, Catherine Zeta-Jones launched Casa Zeta-Jones, a goop-esque line of products including vegan shoes, coffee, makeup, and more. Or... In 2018, Stanley Tucci opened his very first Times Square restaurant, Tucci. The menu features high-end Italian food, including some old family recipes from the man himself. It currently has a 4.5 star rating on Yelp. Sam, those are your options. I will now accept questions. Oh, shit, Luke. You're too goddamn good at this. (laughs) Do you want me to recap them really quickly? Yes. Okay, so number one, you've got Tom Hanks' signature royal-branded typewriter, reminiscent of the Korean War. Number two is Catherine Zeta-Jones' own goop sort of line of products. Mm-hmm. And then three was Stanley Tucci's restaurant in Times Square, Tucci. Oh, okay. This is, this is a real tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really bringing the heat this time, if I say man, so myself. You, you really did. Uh, this, is a, this is a fun fucking twist that you've brought in with mm-hmm. the cast baits. So I I am going to go ahead and eliminate one. And okay. that's uh that's Catherine Zeta Jones because CCJ does not strike me as someone who's going to do a goop knockoff, especially during the height of uh Gwyneth Paltrow's goop, uh which again, folks don't fucking pay any attention to goop. Mm. It's complete bullshit. Yeah. Um, so you're you're saying that here at the apogee of Gwyneth Paltrow's flight on the Goop brand, you're thinking that uh, CCJ is is not going to be jumping on that same bandwagon. That's that's fair. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think she's gonna go for the throne of of woo woo bullshit medicine. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. So, see, this is where it gets tough because I mm-hmm. we all we all know Tom loves his typewriters. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stanley Tucci, I actually have Stanley Tucci's cookbook, so mm-hmm. that does. I'm starting to get pulled in the direction, but it also does not seem like Stanley Tucci would have a restaurant, particularly in Times Square. Hey, man, that's up for you to tell me, but you do have the cookbook, and you're you're kind of leaning towards touching the Tooch, it sounds like. I really want to touch the Tooch, as mm-hmm. every person does, which is why he has to have that apron reminding people not to do so. Yeah, exactly. Uh... Luke, I've got to touch the tooch. I've got to touch the tooch. Touching the tooch, final answer. All right, well, Sam, I got bad fucking news for you because, my dude, it was CZJ's goop line of products. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Catherine? God damn it. Yeah, you were way off base on this one. Shit. (laughs) Back to form. Shit. God damn it. God, Catherine Zeta-Jones, you motherfucker. God now, damn Now, I will it. say, I don't know for sure that it's Goop-esque. I heard it described as Goop-esque, uh, but I have no real evidence that it is as woo-woo as you said. Uh, <laughs> so she she might get a pass on this one, but I, I okay. can't speak to it one way or the other. Well, until I get some verification on whether or not it's woo-woo b- bullshit medicine, then I will retract my motherfucker statement about Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's out here, you know, promoting her own business, doing stuff, so maybe good for her, potentially. God damn, though. About as, about as wrong as I can get. Yeah, out of the gate, you were determined to just plant your foot in this <laughs> big cow pat, huh? Real off base on this one, bud. Well, you know, I guess I guess I should have learned from the apron. Don't touch the tooch. Don't touch the tooch. It was right there in the name. Well, shit. Maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next week. And Luke, speaking of next week, uh, quite appropriately, next week we will be watching 2004's The Polar Express. Oh my god, I'm so fucking excited for this one. Yeah. I So you've seen The Polar Express, correct? Uh, this is one of those movies that I saw in theaters and was 99% sure I'd seen with you and Kenna, but I guess not. So, because yeah, you, you have not seen this not. one. Definitely yeah. not. Okay. Uh, so, I don't know who I saw it with, but uh, yeah, for sure it has entered my peepers. Yeah, uh... F- Listeners, uh, if any of you saw Polar Express with Luke, uh, why don't you send us an email <laughs> so we can sort of help Luke figure out who he watched this movie with. Yeah, that'd be amazing. So here's here's the problem with what we normally do is, Luke, I know what the Polar Express is about because it's based on that book. Is it? I didn't know it was based on anything other than horrors and nightmares, but... Uh, so this I, is some new information. I mean, it's a, it's a, like kids book. It's like oh, a okay. picture book, I think. Yeah. That well, they then how about this? Slam jammed a plot into. Yeah. How about this instead? Uh, since we're running it a little long today, anyway, why don't you just tell me how scared you are of Polar Express and/or sort of what you're thinking about? 
as we go into next week. You know, I've heard a lot about the sort of body horror involved in this film <laughs> and and the kind of genuinely unsettling uncanny valley that it is firmly planted in. Yeah. And Luke, can I tell you, I'm just excited about it now. I'm not even mm. scared. I should yeah. be scared. but You if, should be. If my experience with that condiment cracker sandwich has, has done anything, <laughs> it's shown me that that things that look horrible can yeah. be delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm, you know, I'm just pumped. That's a great attitude going into this thing, and I am so looking forward to the the sniveling sort of wreck that you will become <laughs> after this movie. Um, very much looking forward to that after all this bravado has been sort of squeezed out of you. But in the meantime, you know what? Good for you. That's the right way to view this. Yeah, I, I can't wait. And I think my experience is only going to be heightened with the winter storms that are headed right my way. Mm, yeah, you're going to wish you had a Polar Express. That's for fucking sure. I, I think probably. <laughs> uh, well, in that case, uh, folks, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. Uh, until our next episode, you can find us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. You can find us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod. Or you can email us at HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. Please drop us an email. Uh, you know, if you've got some theories about what Tom's doing back in America post 9 11, uh, if you saw the Polar Express with Luke, um, really <laughs> any of these things. Oh, 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 actually. Uh, do email us with uh, the animal that you think looks like it would taste the best. Mm, yes, I would love to hear more responses to that. As well as maybe uh, any animals that you think look like they would have a fruit filling. Mm, I would yeah. I would love to hear those opinions as well. Um, and, you know, while you're at it, if you could uh, drop us a review or uh, share us with a friend, that would be great. We're clearly not well enough to promote this on our own. Mm -mm. Um, so, so you doing it would, would really be better than anything that we can put out there. Cause it's going to be a lot about zebra jam filling. Um, so yeah, uh, Luke, do you have a final quote for us? I do. It's said by the man himself. It is one man, two women is crowded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. Tom, you sexless wonder. <laughs> well folks is crowded <laughs> folks thank you for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy we'll be back next week with 2004's The Polar Express <laughs>